0: I'm Tim Gunn, author, educator, and Project Runway mentor, and you're listening to Heritage Radio.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Magnifico Radio, the weekly podcast featuring conversations in ethical fashion, clean beauty, and sustainable living. This is episode 37, and I'm your host, Kate Black. Each week, I sit down with designers, makers, and leaders at the forefront of sustainability to discuss their journeys and motivation. This podcast is an extension of my blog, Magnifico.com, and that's Magnifeco.com, and my book, also called Magnifico, Your Head-to-Toe Guide to Ethical Fashion and Non-Toxic Beauty. Today's guest talked about it and talked about it, and then in 2001, finally opened New York City's first vegan shoe store. Now with locations here in L.A., today I'm joined by sisters Erica and Sarah Kaburski. Welcome. Thank you. So being born and raised in New York, you two became vegetarians at a super young age. Who was first and why? Um,
3: I, I went vegetarian first. Um, Our father is Israeli, and we were visiting family, and we were on a kibbutz. And growing up in New York City, you're not exposed to that many animals besides, you know, pigeons and squirrels and dogs. And I've had my first real moment with a cow, and I think the wheels just started turning. And I realized that I had probably just eaten one earlier that day, and it really upset me. And I asked my parents, and I was lucky that they were completely honest with me.
2: And it was from that day on. I never ate one again. And so you were the first in your family to be like, no, I see the connection, and I'm not doing it.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think we came from a family that already, like, we were constantly picking stray dogs up off the street. So I think there was something in there that sparked it. It wasn't. um, And I think I was just lucky that I think they knew it was the right move. So um, Sarah became vegetarian soon after that. And then I think our whole house just went vegetarian just out of convenience and then out of um just feeling morally like the right thing to do
2: that's amazing because i i know that nowadays that happens often like usually it's the young girls in the family that spark the change and then the whole family just waits for it to go back but you guys just never went back in fact you went vegan
3: yeah no i mean we um i think our house went vegetarian and then Sarah went vegan first um and at the time, I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Um, but she, we quickly learned how not crazy it was and um, how reasonable it was and how it all made sense. And I think that was actually one that kind of was a hard one for our families just because, you know, we're a New York Jewish family. So food is just such a big centerpiece of everything. And so it's just hard for everyone to wrap their head around, like, what are we going to eat now? And um so, but with time, they, they're so on board. All of, our, all of our dinners as a family are always all vegan. And I would say our parents are they're almost vegan.
2: Almost vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I think that counts. Um, and then I also had heard in a, in a prior interview that your brother was the one who sparked it and gave you the question that so many vegetarians and vegans get. Like, oh, so you're a vegetarian now. Well, why are you wearing leather?
3: Yeah, that, that was definitely my brother being, I think, more an older brother, more than actually <laughs> caring what, um, about it. And so he was like, just so you know, and, and he thinking that that would stump me. But instead, that just made me even more committed and um, made me search out and seek out alternatives whenever I could. And that actually, that made my family a little nuts with, because it wasn't as, they weren't very accessible back then. Um, Because this was like twenty years ago, so the alternatives really weren't there. Um, But I found them, and we would go high and low to find them. And um, I I mean, but once they caught on and they realized that that's what I was doing, then it became like a big search for the whole family and anyone who was going anywhere that there was something, somebody would bring something back. So
2: that's awesome. And then you also became obsessed with this idea: we should build a shoe store. Yes, I, I think, you know, as soon as we were both vegetarian, the
4: shoe component was difficult. And and it was just something I would just say in high school, like, oh, I'm going to open a vegan shoe store. Um, and that's how it started.
2: <laughs> and were you two, like, are you shoe obsessed? Do you have, Were you, like, rocking the latest styles in high school? I
3: mean, I don't think we were shoe obsessed. I think we were more obsessed with... Um, maybe fitting in and you know like it just probably was like oh why can't i wear what everyone else is wearing um i think that's kind of where it more came from i would say like we slowly got to know shoes after we opened the business and got um and that i mean i think obsession maybe not but i think like we were we really educated ourselves about the shoe business and um and more of like out of Wanting to know and wanting to answer for our customers um, than from the total fashion side of it
4: well it 's funny because it was 25 years ago, and I just wanted vegan doc martins and <laughs> and now there are like they make vegan Doc Martins, but it took <laughs> 20 years, but
2: um, Doc Martins, Birkenstock, like I think almost every kind of renowned brand now has one or two vegan styles. I remember too back in the day because I've been vegetarian for about 30 years, but I used to wear vegan shoes simply because they were usually the most water resistant. Right, because I love to walk in all weathers and all sizes or all time, temperatures and so when you wear something that's PVC-based you can rock all seasons and so for a long time I was like oh yeah, I wear vegan shoes because they were PVC-based and so they were just so suitable for my lifestyle um, and now we're at a stage where it's not necessarily that because people recognize that Vinyl and PVC are not environmentally friendly. So can you talk about how, in, in learning about the, the shoe business, how you've also been kind of learning about the science of materials? Um, yeah, so we,
3: um, we opened Moose Shoes in 2001. And we got we tried to get our hands on any vegan shoes that were out there and there were a number back then but you know they were a lot of them were european based and um, we were dealing with a lot of importing issues and we wanted to just have a little more control um, of our inventory so we um, Sarah actually started researching us manufacturing our own brand um, and that 's where Novacas was born novacus meaning no cow in Spanish and Portuguese which we didn't learn till we visited Portugal um, <laughs> and so we started manufacturing our shoes in Portugal and then that was a really eye-opening experience learning about materials and well you know also talking to we, we were going to factories where because in Portugal it's one of the oldest shoe makers um, and they used to I believe um, before a lot of production moved to the east they were maybe one of the number one exporters. Of shoes and manufacturing of shoes. Um, So, when we went over there and we started um, looking into materials and realizing, you know, not every material is created the same. So, yes, you can find like an incidentally vegan shoe, and that's great. Um, But, you know, we really wanted our shoes to stand up to the test and them to be comparable to other shoes. So, we looked into a lot of materials and we found we started using polyurethane, which is a lot like leather in that it breathes and it's going to wear and um, it's much better for the environment than vinyl and often much better than the environment than leather itself just because I think people don't realize um, I think people think leather is a natural product but by the time we treat it and make it into something that people actually want to wear it's no longer an environmentally friendly product
4: yeah these materials that we sourced um, were being used not because they were not leather just because they were more durable and more environmentally friendly than leather so it, it just turns out that the performance was out was outdoing leather and Um, And then it just turns out like this was a material that we could use. So it was really exciting when we discovered that.
2: And then a lot of the materials come from Italy. Like you're finding that Mm -hmm. a lot of the innovation is stamped in Italy. Mm. Is Is it falling out of another industry or is this actually just development of new materials or innovative materials for footwear? I think it's mostly... Well uh, you know, I think a long time ago there
4: were other uses, but I think that it is um, for sports wear and, and whatnot they they've been using these materials unless um, I know Robin from vegetarian shoes he had used another material that he discovered that was used for um, upholstery and yachts, um, but this was
2: like i don't know probably thirty years ago or something. Um, Amazing. And so when did you, so you opened the store in 2001. When did you start producing novakas?
3: 2003, I would say. Um, you know, and it was a very, I mean, not that we're very large scale now, but it was a very small scale operation. Um, and it was just a matter of like us wanting to have stock for our customers all the time, you know? Um, so that's where the need of it was born from. And, um, Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad we did it because I think that's actually what taught me so much more about shoes than I would have ever understood without doing it.
2: And like now that I'm thinking about this, what month did you open in 2001? Yeah, Mm -hmm. um, we opened October, so right after. So right after 9-11, in in a time where we're just about to go into a recession (laughs) and you guys have your lifelong dream of opening a store. (laughs) So how... but, But you had already, because you've been talking about it, because you've been like kind of sharing the vision at dinner parties and everything else, you kind of already had a little bit of a clientele developed. Is that true? Um, you know, I mean, I think
3: back to then and I i think about, um, I, I had gone out of New York for school. That was the only time I ever left New York and then coming back to New York and then now I think about it and I'm like, I think Sarah was the only other vegan that <laughs> I knew in New York at the time. Um, but I, I, I think we were young, maybe naive. And I think we just, we wanted it so badly that we just knew that there were other people. Um, and I could say that from, like, day one, our customers were super supportive. And we really felt the, like, support of the vegan community. And um, and so, yeah, and I think, like, to this day, it's word of mouth that really tells people other people um about us and so i really yeah i really appreciate the support we've received
2: that's amazing
4: yeah the community has always been great and i just think every year it just grows
2: veganism or you know the moose shoes community or both (laughs) no i mean i
3: think veganism obviously we're all seeing it's only growing there's so many you know so many places, there's so many more places to eat and it's, um, yes, shop with us, we're a strictly vegan store, but um, you know, there are other like other stores are responding to the vegan need and so they will have, like I think you can walk into most shoe stores now and speak to to somebody who's working there and say, I'm looking for vegan shoes and they'll know what you're talking about, which is so different from 20 years ago, you know, first of all they would when you when you finally explained what you were talking about twenty years ago, they're like, Oh, so you're looking for a, a cheap shoe And um but you know, I think it's just it's changed so much. People know about it and people want it and I mean I I don't think all of our customers are necessarily one hundred percent vegan. I think like we definitely have a fair share of customers. We're in the we're in a good part of town and so I think we have a fair share of customers who just like the shoes and so that's why they're buying them or you know we have customers who just want to give out give it a try and are maybe going in that direction and um, just want to test
2: the Test the waters and also support a mi- mission-driven business, right? Like it, I think it's I think it's very remarkable that two sisters would start something on a mission um, and then just follow through. And so, as a consumer, that's the kind of business that I like to support. So I'm one of your customers. Oh, often. thank you. Um, And so, when you started producing your own shoes in 2003, was that an easy transition? Did you was Portugal a very friendly place to to start? making shoes for two girls that didn't really know the shoe industry (laughs) we definitely learned a lot and
4: there's a learning curve but i it was really eye-opening to visit the factories and see the shoes getting made firsthand um and knowing and feeling really good about the factories that we were using as opposed to blindly trusting um people's word on factory conditions and materials so it was great and um i think portugal also has become very vegan friendly as the years have gone on you know i 12 13 years ago when we would visit it was a lot of potato kale soup um and (laughs) bread and i think it's there's like a lot of vegan restaurants now to visit it's it's fun too
2: oh that's amazing and sydney brown produces there too now i think right yeah yeah, so I think, I think
3: she did. She move there as well. I think. Or? Oh,
2: I had not oh. heard either. <laughs> I love Portugal. I would, I would, I would definitely put that on my list. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
1: This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a national nonprofit network with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Chefs Collaborative members work to make sustainable practices second nature for every chef in the United States. Chefs Collaborative was founded in 1993 by visionary chefs including Rick Bayless and Alice Waters
4: Hi, I'm Akiko Kateyama, host of Japan Eats on Heritage Radio Network, where you can discover the latest topics and deepest knowledge of Japanese food culture with my cool guests. Tune in on Mondays at 3 p.m. to hear about topics like the science behind Japanese dashi, a rare conversation with a traditional sake brewer or sushi master, famously beautiful and obsessive Japanese coffee culture, secret recipes of ramen, how to make Japanese-style pickles, and much, much more. Please support my show and all of Heritage Radio Network's programming. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. Thank you so much and I hope to see you on Japan Eats.
2: And you're back. You're listening to Magnifico Radio and I'm sitting here with Erica and Sarah Kabertsky of Mushu's. So Sarah... You're building a little bit of an empire now, a little bit of a vegan empire. It's not just a store in New York. You also um, created an outpost in LA, which I think everybody thinks is the vegan capital of the U.S. When and why did that come about?
4: Um, you know, I think we always wanted
2: the West Coast presence,
4: and then um, our dear friends. Um, from our dear friends from New York, moved out to California, and um, it was a really good fit to partner with them. And we're really happy we did. So, we started scouting neighborhoods and figuring where, figuring out where Mushu's would go best. And um, Troy and Katie from Raven and Crow um, helped us see our vision through. And when did that open? Um,
2: it opened. Um, Erica, do you want to help me out? Uh, um, <laughs> 2014, 2000. Okay. And is, is there a marked difference between the success of the two, sh- two shops specifically, just because of the number of vegans in, in LA? Like, is, did it immediately take off?
4: Um, you know, I think LA though it's more neighborhood centric, so it's a little it's a little different. Where being in Manhattan, I think that everyone from New York. Like has easy access to our store but I think when people are in LA I think they might still actually mail order shoes from the LA store just because they don't feel like traveling and visiting LA I kind of could see myself doing
2: that possibly (laughs) traffic is insane. <laughs> it's insane. OK, and so then you took your store in New York, and you decided that you, the community needed something bigger, and you wanted to, to add something beyond the shoes. And it's not just shoes. It's accessories and belts and, and handbags. But you had this great space that you were using for events sometimes, but you kind of had this idea, this inkling that it could be so much more. So who wants to talk about that? Um, Erica? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I my um yeah, no, so we had had Mooshu's, Mooshu's um, was, was about 14 years old at the time, and um, we realized we were at a place where things were good, but we probably needed something to kind of spice things up again. Um, and we did, we were, were very lucky to have a very big space, and we, it was also really fun for us to host events, but, you know, you have to think about New York real estate and, um, we thought about like what the best way to utilize our space and sarah um came up with the idea of us opening a vegan grocer and deli um which i guess was just a natural a natural progression because really the number one question after what are your shoes are made of is where should i eat and um so we really why not bring all that business in-house and you know and i think as being part of the vegan community in new york for so many years we kind of had a grasp on what people would want in something like that. So we um, we just, about last summer, we just cut our space in half and made half of it into a grocer in Delhi. Um,
2: and it's learning a lot, but it's been a really fun It's amazing. So now it's a full destination. So when you're in New York, you go down to Orchard Street, you can buy some shoes and accessories and then get a little bite to eat.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, and we love how much those two businesses work together. You know, we're always doing like, shop at Moose Shoes, get some ice cream, or, you know, um, and all of our, and another way there, we have shop cats at Moose Shoes and we've named all of our sandwiches at the grocer name after different. Shop cats that have lived in Just so people don't think it's like a, a New York term, can you expand on what your shop cats are? I mean, shop cats are um, exactly like it sounds. Cats that live in our store, um, our retail store, not our food part. Um, and, you know, it's like it. we got them um, when we were first introduced to shop cats. That was our first experience with cats. And they were awesome, our first two. And I now am realizing what... The first what, two were the... The best (laughs) too.
4: Sorry, everyone else.
2: (laughs) Is that really a thing, though? People have cats in their shop. Like that's where they know our cats were just. uh, They're actually featured in the Shop Cats of New York book. There's a Shop Cats Cats book. I I would
4: say
3: it's getting to Marlowe's head. I think. (laughs) Look at this. I mean, you know, I think it's like it's a really innovative and creative thing to for people who are trying to adopt out. There's so many animals in need, Um, and this is like a whole other bunch of homes, you know, because I have my house cats and then I have my shop cats, so I'm already... Doubling the amount. Um, and so I think it's, and an, 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 there's nothing our customers like more than visiting with our cats.
2: That's amazing. And so is that why you had to do that full kind of cut through the store, was because of the cats and the food combination? Yes. Oh, how interesting. And so so now it's a separate store with separate entrances, and the cats live on one side, and and everybody can eat and be yeah. cat-free on the other side. Yeah. There
4: are interior doors, so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it is a little bit of an experience. So you do get to, you know, go back and forth without leaving the shop, That's amazing.
2: And this is just the beginning of now your kind of burgeoning food empire. Do you want to talk about the restaurant as well?
4: Um, sure. We we started Modern Love Brooklyn with Issa Chandra Moskowitz last September. Um, we're huge fans of her food, and she's also a native New Yorker, and we couldn't wait to um, bring her food to New York just so people could
2: come and enjoy it with us. So yeah food's amazing and so people can come by the store like come by orchard to the grocers and get like lunchy kind of con- like do you do buy do sell things to make your own picnics and a little bit of yeah you know just like the shoe store I think that the grocer um, gave us the opportunity to highlight
4: um, like food artisans as well so the smaller people that you can't find at the big retailers like we have a lot of people, just like our shoe companies, like we have a lot of like smaller shoe companies that you can't find at a big retailer and it goes the same with the food. Fantastic. But we do make our own sandwiches and stuff too, like you could, you know, buy food, you know, if you get hungry while you're shopping, you know. <laughs> um, Which <yeah>. happens. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah. So And then the restaurant though is like a sit down you know, restaurant. And get the full vegan meal yeah full service and brunch
2: too is there a weekend brunch Brunch on Sundays for now okay
4: brunch is amazing and I bet where is it located what's the address um it's 317
2: Union Avenue um in South Williamsburg okay Perfect. So I think, and it's so funny because I was doing all this um, data research because I'm a bit of a data geek before the show, and I was looking at all the reasons why people are becoming vegetarian and vegan. And so the number one was animal welfare, right? 54% choose Mm. that. Number two was health for their own personal health at 53%. And then the third one was environmental concerns came in third. And so when I think about you now creating this kind of hybrid fashion food Empire, you're kind of hitting people exactly where their their desire to go with vegans. Did you did you know this research before you kind of evolved the business? I, I think we're just um, the research.
4: We we just know what we wanted, um, so that's yeah. We we love it, and it's you know we have things we love in both areas,
2: and
3: yeah, you know I think it's just touching on that. Um, I think it's a lifestyle. You know, it's not just. What I'm going to eat that day. It's how I practice my life. It's how you know. It's something I have to, um, because I'm vegan. It's something I consider with every single purchase I make. And so, I mean, I love the luxury of going into a business and not having to um, ask a million questions. So I'm really excited that we get to do that for people, and they get just to have that ease, you know, for once. And
2: and so, what's the future? What else is can
3: we expect? That you can talk about.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're always bouncing ideas off, but there's nothing like concrete. But I will let you know because we do have a lot of ideas.
2: (laughs) That's amazing. And so, are you open to partnership if people wanted to approach you or do stuff with you? Is that something that's on the deck or on on available? Yeah,
4: of course. Like, um, definitely. Um, We do, you know, we are partnered with Isa at the restaurant, and then with Joshua, we have the collaboration for the shoes that brave Gentleman does so we are i would like to think we're good at we're good people to work with
2: <laughs> and so for everybody who doesn't know joshua Ketcher is the um, founder and designer for the discerning brute which is a men's vegan fashion shop in brooklyn and then he also does a, a branded shoe line with you guys right yeah. novakas and um
3: so I, I the name of his shop is Brave
2: gentleman. Okay. Um, starting Bird, I believe, is his website. And blog. Okay. Amazing. Okay, so I told you I gave you a little bit of um, <laughs> preamble in the <laughs> beginning. So if your life had a motto, what would it be? Sarah, let's start with you. Um,
4: Dogs rule.
2: <laughs> really? No shop cats? Dogs
4: rule? <laughs> Dogs, definitely. Dogs before cats. <laughs>
2: yeah. Do we have a little dissension in the family? Or, no. <laughs> You also think dogs rule? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I mean, you know, cat, cats are fine,
3: and everyone should totally get some if you can't have a dog. I get it. You know, like they're a lot easier. I mean, they're, uh, Edith yeah,
4: and first. Edith and Emma were our first, shot our cat. first,
3: and they they were amazing. And um, and I totally had a big fight with them when I met cats this morning, so I'm not in a cat <laughs> mood.
2: <but laughs> okay, and <laughs> Erica, if your life had a motto, what would it be?
3: Um... Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the way I think about it is, like, just, it sounds corny, but, like, stay true to yourself, because I think, like, your customers can tell, you know, like, you know, we went into this business because we believe in it, and if you're, like, so just going, if you're going to do something like this, um, don't do it for the numbers, do it
2: because you believe in it. And who or what inspires you? Sarah. Erica every day. (laughs) That's so (laughs) (laughs) sweet.
4: How do you know?
3: I just just could tell. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, I do think we um, do inspire each other and we make each other keep working. You know, I think there are many points where either of us would have just quit. Um, But, the, you know, at the other one, was like, I'm not in a quitting mode. I'm in a like, let's keep going mode. And you're like, okay, I could.
4: Yeah, it's taking turns at um, pushing forward is, is helpful.
2: That's amazing. So, by and large, you both would recommend, if you have the right relationship with your sibling, going into business with your sibling. I
3: mean I I do, you know, cuz I can't imagine <laughs> does it depend on the day. It does depend on <laughs> but I, I can't imagine well, let's like be the, any partnership <laughs> it depends on the day. I mean, you know, we've said some not so nice things to each other that I think we recover from because we're family and, you know, like we'll have a a business argument, but then we all have to show up to our mom's house for a holiday meal and we're all going to be there and forget that that happened or, you know, we you know, and I think it's like, you just having that full trust in someone is something you can't,
2: um, you can't replicate. Okay. So you each inspire each other. What about celebrity? Cause there's a lot of talk about the role of celebrity and pushing movements and tribes and everything. Is there, is there a designer or somebody who you just wish would be vegan? Cause they'd be really a good, a good poster child or, or spokesperson.
3: That's a good question. Um, I mean, let's go big. Let's let's go for Barack Obama. Right? <laughs> yes.
2: Okay. That's excellent. <laughs> that is excellent. And then Michelle and the whole family and then all the shoes for the men and the yeah. women. I love it. Okay. And the last question, what's next on your bucket list? What are you working towards? Per- this is personal. Um, a bucket list? Um
4: you know, I—I I mean, it's just I, I need to get some elephant time in my life. I haven't um, been able to see them in the wild. I know Erica went, so I'm really—I I know that that's not like something to aspire to. That's just a goal. But I—I—I I, I do, you know, fantasize about um, seeing wild elephants and I volunteering and. Maybe taking care of some orphans. I don't know. Where did
2: you do that? Um, Tanzania. Oh, amazing! And then you didn't do that together. And you have no, a little We don't. We, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we don't. I, we do spend a lot of time at work, so I think, um, <laughs> like, you know, recreation sometimes is not always together. <laughs> you know, there's that makes sense. The. the and diagram and just,
2: yeah. yes that makes perfect sense <laughs> vacation apart and you what's on your bucket list I
3: mean I'm surprised you took my answer I'd come up with it and yeah no I think it was just to like be a little more hands on with the animals just to like remind myself you know over again why I do this and why I've committed so many so much time to this and so um you know I fantasize about seeing them and I also fantasize about helping more and just being more hands on and um just getting more and more people um you know i'm 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 a huge dog person so like maybe just doing
2: my more outreach with
3: that and um helping more that way
2: that's amazing okay so if any let's imagine a shoe designer a young vegan shoe designer wants to be um carried in moose shoes how would they reach out to you um is there an email address for the shop
3: i mean Info at Mushu's. Orders at Mushu's. Erica at Mushu's. Sarah at Mushu's. Okay. <laughs> and if you are just pop in if you're in the
4: neighborhood, we're like there we're mom. very um, we're very available and um, and open. We love like independent designers that you can't get everywhere.
2: Okay, perfect. And then for everybody else who just wants to kind of get part of this movement and maybe shop or eat, so you're on social media. And so it's at Mooshues underscore NYC for the New York followers and then at Mooshues underscore LA for the LA fans, right? It's it's at Mooshues LA, no underscore for LA. Um, But yeah. Perfect. And anything coming up? Any big plans for the fall you want to share?
3: You know, I think like we just are making plans to like work with other chefs and do a lot of guest spots at the grocer. So like just kind of you know we we're lucky we're in new york and we're there we're surrounded by so many talented individuals and so just bringing those people so like and giving them a platform to if they don't necessarily have a restaurant or a business and just um being able to share their food that way
2: all the foodies are going to go crazy <laughs> and how do they keep up with that is that on our email list or um yeah
3: definitely sign up for our email list um do we have one at Orchard Yeah, we do. But, but social oh, um, media, I think, yeah. is where okay. we're, we're a lot more upstate.
2: Perfect. Thank you both so much for joining me. I'm so thrilled to have both of you together. Um, Thank you all for listening and tuning in to Heritage Radio Network. Thank you to my engineer, David Tadashore and to Metro Jesus for our music. You can find and subscribe to Magnifico Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find great podcasts. And if you like what you hear, kindly give us a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And also a rating. It helps us rank higher amongst conventional fashion podcasts and pushes these conversations forward. Have a question or want to be a sponsor or recommend a guest? You can email me at radio at magnifico.com. And want to learn more about vegan fashion and beauty? Visit magnifico.com. Thanks for listening and until next week.